0: today. the other night I went to sleep, I was really tired. Uh, in the night, I began to dream, and as I was dreaming in the night, I was witnessing to someone and God was working in their life, and God was fulfilling prayer requests and answering needs and, and to be honest with you, I woke up preaching Saturday morning. That's the truth. I, I don't do that, but I woke up Saturday morning preaching and I was preaching. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And I felt like the Holy Ghost was telling me in a dream. You may say, Preacher, Darren, your dream was from pizza. No. I felt like the Holy Ghost wanted me to change what I was going to preach to preach this message. So I just started working on it. As soon as I got up, I started working on it. So if you have your Bibles with you today, the book of Matthew chapter 1. I want to begin reading in the 18th verse. Once you found your place, if you would stand with me for the reading and the reverence of God's Word. Verse number 18 of Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, thank you for the word of God, for our time together. Would you empty us today of ourself? Would you cleanse us of our sin? Would you fill us with your spirit and help us to preach the word of God in the power of the spirit? Lord, I cannot, but I know you can. You're more than able. Please touch us today. Help us to hear, help us to receive, save souls, encourage hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. you still got your Bible open. Let's turn to the left, just one book of the Bible, to the book of Malachi, the last chapter, 4, verse number 6. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The Old Testament, the last word, the final word in the Old Testament is the word curse. The Old Testament centered around God's people, around the Jews, and he ends with a curse. Israel god 's people were to take god's message to the ends of the world into the world, sharing with them the Word of God and the message of God. instead, they took the favor of God and squandered it and became disobedient and rebelled against God and now a people that was once extremely blessed now live under sin's curse for four hundred years between this. In Malachi and the book of Matthew, there's complete silence. No voice from God. The people of God who were under at once the active voice of God, prophet after prophet, preacher after preacher, the word of God flowing suddenly, silent. No prophet. No voice. No direction. No inspiration. Try living your life without hearing From God or God's Word. They've adapted to idolatry. They have adapted to worldliness. Sound familiar? The Old Testament has 456 prophecies about the Messiah who is to come and deliver Israel. But at the end of the Old Testament, they're under sin's curse. Where is the Messiah? So the Old Testament is ending with unexplained ceremonies, unfulfilled prophecies, unsatisfied longings. All hope for Israel seems to be lost. Where is the Messiah? And suddenly, as the world lies in silence, a world that is without hope and seemingly without God, Matthew records for us God's Word from heaven. An angel has been sent sharing the good news concerning the birth of a baby. Oh, and much more than a baby, the Christ, the Messiah, the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. When I look in Matthew chapter 1, I see four or five things. Number one, I see some supreme credentials. Verse 1 says that this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Matthew begins his book, his writing, his gospel narrative with a genealogy. You may say, evidently Matthew doesn't get it. If you're going to write a book, I think you need to grab the reader's attention. Instead, he gives us this boring ancestry, this boring lineage. But to the Jew, it's important that you can trace who you are. The Messiah, the Christ, is promised to come from the lineage of Abraham. And he did. From the lineage of King David. And he did. God in this list shares his redemptive touch upon people who are inferior. There are brothers that are listed that are not the firstborn in the family but the secondborn in the family. They're inferior. There are women listed in this lineage that seemingly women are never mentioned. In fact, Rahab was a harlot. Ruth was a Moabitess, an outstanding. An outsider, a stranger. Tamar and Bathsheba were adulteresses. We ought to be reminded from this list of the redemptive touch of God Almighty that Jesus came to save sinners. Make no mistake about it. The devil is just as skilled at genealogy as the Jews. His plan tracing Abraham's bloodline and David's bloodline is to corrupt it. And ruined the promised seed. And he worked and worked to ensure there'd be no hope. But when I read Luke's account, chapter 3 and verse 31, David has a son by the name of Nathan that the old devil couldn't corrupt that line. And that's where Mary the virgin came from that line. Hear me, Jesus may have been born in a manger. He may have been wrapped up in death clothes. There may have been no room for him in the end, but honey, he is still king of kings and Lord of lords. He has supreme credentials. Number two, there's a supernatural conception. The Bible says that this young lady is a virgin. Her name is Mary. She's the spouse to Joseph. And suddenly... The Bible says in verse 18 that she is found to be with child. And she is, according to Luke 127, she is a virgin. You may say, well, preacher Darren, that's an impossibility. You are right. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. The word virgin in the Greek cannot be mistaken for any other term for a woman. It can't be a... Listen. It has to be a virgin, one that's pure and has never known a man. She had never been with a man and God caused the Holy Ghost to overshadow her and God put His Son in the womb of a virgin. It was divine conception. Jesus' existence did not begin with a human father. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was there before creation. Jesus was there at creation. When all of the animals and mankind was formed, Jesus always has been. He is the great I Am, and He always will be. Supernatural conception. Preacher, Derrick, explain it. I don't have to. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her. That's all we know. Good enough. Number three, there's a sacred communication. In verse 18, this time of excitement, this young man and this young lady were going to be married, excited about their future. It's a time of excitement. It's a time of expectation. They're counting down the days. I saw... Luke and Carrie's getting married. And man, they were putting X's on the calendar. They were counting down the days. The parents, we weren't really doing that. We were trying to erase those days, right? Amen, Harvey's About ready to jump up and shout back there, amen. But let me just say, this time of excitement and expectation, now this girl that was pure and a virgin, that he's, he's, he's got his lives built around her, she's found to be with child and he is crushed it's a time of embarrassment what's the world going to say it's a shattering discovery but verse 19 Joseph was a just man and he's not willing to make a public example of her and he's minded to put her away privately I'm thinking about his sobering deliberation He's a just man. Did you know in the Bible there's not one recorded word that Joseph ever spake in all the Bible? We don't know anything he ever spake. He's just trying to think here of what he's going to do and he's deliberating. He has choices. According to Deuteronomy, he could publicly humiliate her. He could stone her to death and say that she's committed adultery. And in doing so, he would not only kill her, but he would kill the baby. That baby in the womb is alive. Y'all get my drift? When does life begin? At conception. And Joseph, being a just man, thinking about what to do, I don't want to put her to death, and I don't want to put her baby to death. He's a just man. His other choice is I could give her a bill of divorcement privately and I could send her away, not make a public example out of her, let her raise the baby and let the baby grow up and, and, and go off and do my own thing. He's not really sure what he should, or he can marry her and raise this child as if it's his own. And he's trying to figure out what it is that he needs to do. And all of a sudden, the Bible says in verse 20, while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's a stunning declaration What is Joseph's reaction? What would have been your reaction? He accepted the word of the angel and in faith he's going to take Mary as his wife and raise the Christ child. The angel had told Mary, Hail, thou art highly favored. Blessed art thou among women. She's chosen of God. But what did highly favored mean? Think about it. For her to be highly favored, she was almost put away by the man she loved the most. She's highly favored. But when she's in Bethlehem, every person rejected her. Every person humiliated her and scorned her. And she's highly favored. She that's highly favored, there's no room for them In the end, she that's highly favored is going to give birth going in labor on a dirt floor in a manger. And she's highly favored. She's had to move away to a strange place. Favor never looks like favor at first. Favor may take you through frustration. Favor may take you through failure. Favor may take you through fear. You want to be favored of God? Prepare maybe to go through your deepest valley. Prepare maybe to go through your darkest night. There will be a place in your life where you feel that nobody understands you. But when you get there, you need to just whisper to yourself and say, Lord, this is the beginning and not the end. I am highly Favored, This is going to turn out for my good. And this is going to turn out for your glory. And it's all because I am highly favored. Here's a girl who's highly favored that's almost put away. And God did what God does best. He prepared the way and went to Joseph and said, Fear not to take Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph's reaction, being a just man, was not of fear but of faith. Look at his restraint. He took Mary into his home and he refrained from having relations with her. The Bible says in verse 23, He knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Number four. I see a solemn confirmation in verse 22. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. A solemn confirmation. Of those 400 and some prophecies, now they're being fulfilled. All this was done that it might be fulfilled. God really was lining up things the whole time. And may I tell you something right now? You may think God's not working on your behalf. You may think he's not heard you. You don't see any movement. In fact, you may think things are looking worse. But just know this. God has gone ahead of you and he's working it all out for your good and his glory. The Bible says that the baby, the Messiah, would be born in a specific place. Micah 5 says Bethlehem. Says it would be born of a special person in Isaiah 7, 14. 740 years before Christ of a virgin. In fact, go all the way back to Adam and Eve's day in Genesis 3.15, he said it would be the seed of a woman. He said a sovereign purpose, Isaiah nine six: for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Number five and I'm done. Verse 21 says that he's going to be a sovereign character. She shall bring for the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus' is known, Jesus's name was chosen from heaven. That name was not chosen by man. That name was not chosen by Mary. That name was not chosen by Joseph. Shelby and Brian got to pick out the name of little Isla. fact they didn't even consult with us about it they did it and kept it from us and they're still in trouble they're still in time out to this day because they didn't share with us that secret all all, all those months Mary and Joseph didn't pick out the name God did the angel didn't pick out the name God picked out the name God was choosing the name and the name of Jesus is unique it's above all other names In fact, I looked through the listing in Matthew 1 and Luke 3 at all the ancestors that they had. There were some names that was used two and three times, but not one time in all the ancestry was the name Jesus ever used. In fact, he's the only one in the Bible named Jesus. His name is not from an ancestral relative. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name, Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved, but at the name of Jesus. Verse 16 says, And Jacob begot Joseph. So see, there's more than one Jacob. Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, comma, who is called Christ. Not only is he Jesus, but his name is called Christ. Christ. What does that mean the anointed one the chosen one the Messiah Hallelujah the mediator the deliverer in verse 21 Jesus it means Jehovah saves he shall save his people from their sins did you know the name of Jesus is never associated with failure his name will never change. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. I think about Jacob. His name means cheater, supplanter. His name got changed, thank God, to Israel. Saul of Tarsus persecuted the church. He got saved. God changed his name to Paul. Simon, who means unstable, began to walk with Jesus as a disciple. And he said, I'm going to change your name to Peter, which means a rock. Amen. But, honey, Jesus' name will never change. It's never associated with failure. It's unique. He's never sinned and he's not going to sin. Thank God for it. Amen. The Bible says in verse 23, they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Here he is. He walked up Golgotha's hill, carrying a cross. He had been beaten He had been bloodied, he had been bruised, he had been bludgeoned, he was spat upon, he was mocked, he was scourged, he was nailed to that tree and lifted up over the people. But thank God he said, and I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. His name is unique like no other name. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Christ. He is the day star. He is the everlasting one. He is faithful. He is the glory of God. He is the holy hallelujah. He is the Emmanuel. He is Jesus. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is master, Messiah, the name above all names. He is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He is, thank God, the prince. He is the quickener. He is the Redeemer. He is the Savior. He is the triumph. He is the unique one. He is the victor, amen. He is the witness. He is the excellent one. Yahweh, the zenith of all of our hopes and all of our expectations. From A to Z, his name will never change. Thou shalt call his name Jesus and Mary and Joseph When the baby was born said his name is Jesus. When the shepherds got there they said what do you call the little one? Wrapped in swaddling clothes. His name is Jesus. Two years later when the wise men got there and they gave him gold, frankincense and myrrh and they bowed down to worship him. Tell us his name again. His name is Jesus. Jesus. When his parents took him to the temple at 12 years of age and he started preaching and teaching the doctors and they said, tell us your name again. He said, my name is Jesus. To the woman at the well, he is Jesus, amen. To the woman with the bowed back, he is Jesus. With the leper, he is Jesus. To those that can't hear and to those that can't see, He is Jesus. Hey, and us sinners, amen, on July 13th, 1978, I found out that his name is Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. Thanks be unto God for my Redeemer today. Pardon me if I get excited, but his name is Jesus. Do you know him? Let me introduce you to him. He's a lover of my soul and the forgiver of my sin. He's the best friend I've ever had. He's my uplifter. He's my encourager. He, Lord of God, has been my help when there was no help. He's been my peace when there is no peace. He's my joy. He's my thrill. He's my excitement. Jesus. Do you know him? I want to read Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. My Bible says of Jesus, in the book of Isaiah, while you're turning, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement upon our, of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Who is it? His name is Jesus. Whew, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The man they slapped and the man they crucified and the man they beat upon is the man named Jesus who gave it all that we might be saved. He's the answer for every problem. He's the solution for every difficulty. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 9, the writer says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Thou shalt, let me take time out. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. There's been no other deliverer like that deliverer named Jesus. You may say, preacher, there was Moses. There was Gideon. You go ahead and tell me about Joshua. Hear me, hear me, hear me. There's no other deliverer like Jesus. He's got a name that's above every other name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is not to be said with a smirk on your face. This is not to be said with mocking in your heart. All of mankind and even the devil himself will have to bow his knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Many, praise God, have bowed their knee to Jesus. But there's another multitude that have not bowed their knee to the name of Jesus. The only time they use his name is to curse. The only time they use his name is out of anger. There's no fear of God before them. But to us that's called upon him, and for we that's been forgiven, there's no other name like the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? It's the name of Jesus that we believe for salvation. If you want to be saved, you've got to come by the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You've got to come through Jesus. And when you pray, you pray in Jesus' name. And when you serve, you serve in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So here we are wandering around at Christmas time. I'm preaching on Help for the holidays. People filled with materialism, filled with bitterness and grudges and trying to get around and take care of this and take care. But Jesus is God's gift to the world. He gives us hope. He gives us peace. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Jesus is all we need. You don't need the newest thing on TV. You don't need the newest infomercial. Honey, I'm telling you what you need. It's here today, and His name is Jesus. He's all we need, and He's all we'll ever hope. When there's no room for Him in the end, do you have room for Him in your heart? Amen. You stay with me today. I'm done. i will quit right there. There's going to come a day. Just listen to me for a second. There's going to come a day that even the devil himself we'll be brought before the throne and he'll be forced down on his knee and you'll hear that devil say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And he won't say it with a smirk and he won't say it with mocking in his heart because he knows it's the end is for him and he's gonna be hurled, cast into the lake of fire that's burning forever and ever and ever to be tormented in those flames. That's why he's fighting you. That's why he hates you because he knows his end and he wants to try to pull you down and destroy you too. But if today you've called on the name of Jesus, you know what I'm saying. There is forgiveness. There is victory. Hey, Jesus, there is no other name just like his name. Your head's bowed nobody's looking. Seth, you'd come play. There might be somebody say, Preacher Darren, I'm going to that altar and I'm going to bow in the name of Jesus. I want to bow before His authority. I want to bow and I want to give Him glory today. Hey, if you want to come, right now is the time to move, friend, right now. Preacher Dan, I want to come and I want to bow in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, would you come right now? Friend, are you saved? I'm telling you, Jesus would save your soul. If you'd bow before Him right now, He'd forgive you of your sin. No matter what it is, He'd save your soul. People are moving. Thank God for it. I'm asking today, what prevents you from bowing in Jesus' name? And asking Him, Lord, would you help me today? Christ, would you help me today? Would you deliver me out of this situation? I'm telling you, I can't move. Somebody else needs to come. Come. You need to come right now. Come on. God's dealing with you about coming, and you need to move right. Thank you. God bless you. You need to move right now. God said, don't even pray. I've got somebody else. Come on. Right now, keep coming. Come on right now. Come on. God's dealing right now. His name is Jesus. You'll never bow before a greater one. You'll never be sorry that you rendered your knee, that you bowed and humbled yourself before him. Folks are still moving. God bless y'all. Hope you bring him right now the need today? Why don't you just come and thank Him, Jesus. I've come to thank You. Father, this morning, we give You glory and praise. And Lord, I want to thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave His life a ransom for our sins. And Lord, this morning, I love You and I praise You. And I thank You for the day You convicted my heart. And I thank You for everyday sins that you've saved me and that you walk with me and allow me to walk with you. And you live inside me. And I've not been pleasing, I know that. But God, if you'd forgive me, I want to be pleasing. I want to please my master. I want to walk with you by faith. God, there's needs, there's difficulties, there's problems. God, we pray for miracles. And God, you've answered. (laughs) What an answer. Who had ever dreamt it? What a Savior. God greater still is the gift of your Son. And Father, I praise you and honor you. God, with this day you convict a soul and save them. God, with this day, would you take a backslider and reclaim them and help them to rededicate their life. God, would you this day encourage someone, give them a smile when there's been a friend, give them joy when there's been no joy, give them victory when there's been nothing but defeat, Give them great news when all they've got is bad news. Help us, God, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. amen. And amen.